Nestorious Public Radio Show. I'm your host, Nestor Rodriguez, a.k.a. Flaco. <laughs> That's my co-host, my, my substitute uh, my, my co-host, because Simon Kaufman, my usual, who uh, uh, would probably do something like, yo, yo, Nestorious, the warm fuzzy, who was he, jizzy, don't stop, the busy, he's not here today, so... I got my man Sal Rodriguez. What's up, baby? How What's you up, doing? man? You know, it's so good to be here, but also so strange. You know, coming back to Skid Row, I haven't been here in about nine months, I think. It's kind of like when, when you break up with a girlfriend, and then later on you see her, and she looks, she looks better. better. She's <laughs> She's hotter. She's got a better job. He's talking about, he's talking about Jeremy. I'm, Jeremy I'm, lost a lot of weight. I come back. Jeremy <laughs> looks happy. He looks slim. Yeah. This Jeremy is sexy. Jeremy's changed his whole outlook on life since, since he's been Has a part he, of. Oh, did, yeah. Did Jeremy oh, yeah. go to Tony Robbins seminar dude, and dude, change dude, his life. Dude, Jeremy, for, yeah, for, yeah, that's another episode. Anyway, yo, this place is awesome, especially at night. I've never been here at night before, and it this place. Oh, is you damn, haven't? No, this place is damn sexy. It is sexy. Yeah, and to your right is none other than my boy Mike Hogan. What's up, baby? I'm fine. This is I'm Mike's you. Mike's first time on an internet radio show. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, he and I fight crime together. He uh, he's my sidekick. He's black man, and I'm Robin. And we usually go out at night and we try to uh, combat the evils of uh, Gotham. I've se- I've seen the way you guys operate together, Nestor. You're a damn backseat driver. That's what you are. He is the, the most the worst backseat <laughs> driver, really. Because I've driven I know. with Nestor in my car. I'm driving and he's passenger. Uh-huh. He's the worst. Yeah, I'm the worst backseat driver except yeah. b- because I'm in the front seat. Yeah, because yeah, if you want to be a good backseat driver, you should be in the backseat. You're you're a backseat driver who's worse because you're in the passenger seat. Right. That's given that's a passenger seat driver. Well, given the Bronx kind of directions. Well, well, I got to <laughs> in you, LA. But you got to preface that by by saying by understanding that Mike, he'll get in the car without knowing where the fuck he's going and he's driving. And and he's driving aimlessly. See, I'm of the school of thought. Before I get in the car, I know where I'm going. You but you're using it. See, Nestor but. uses expressions like like this is Manhattan. He's like, we're like, where do we go? He goes, oh, go uptown. We go, what do you mean uptown? This is right, L. A. Right. There's no damn uptown here. I don't know who the fuck you've been hanging out with, but I, Nestor does not say that. <laughs> yeah. Nestor does not say uptown in L. A. Sorry, wrong, wrong. You got the wrong Negro. Straight up. You, you, you don't say uh, upstate. No. Hey, you're going to San Francisco. You're going upstate? No, no, no. Got the wrong one. Got the wrong one. Hey, yo, so it's Halloween. No, seriously. Uh, before we, before we uh, move forward, if you're listening live, okay, if you're at home, you haven't done your laundry, you haven't eaten anything that's fresh in about two weeks, call 1-800-893-9562. We're here for you. you we know, love I, you. I was listening to the show of, about a, a few months ago, and you said on the air, you said, I see you out there sitting there naked listening to the show, <laughs> and I literally at the time was naked. Of course. How do they know that? Because I know there's about we have five live listeners. Three of them have dirty underwear. They're naked. They only have fucking spoiled rice milk in the fridge. I know this, dude. I know my demographics. Trust me. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's Halloween. Not my favorite. Not my favorite holiday. Um, it's interesting. You know what I mean? It's an interesting just wait, the whole wait, phenomenon. Wait. What is your favorite holiday? Fourth of July. Fourth of July. What? Yeah. Fourth of July, um, um, late Memorial Day. Nobody's favorite holiday is Fourth of July. Well, he gets the barbecue on Fourth of July. <laughs> well, no one's favorite. Ho- Jeremy's favorite holiday is fucking Fourth of July. Right, Jeremy? Uh, 
I'm a New Year's guy. Actually. <laughs> okay. I know, because you're about making resolutions and shit, right? What are you talking about? Because he's about getting fucked up. He doesn't. Yeah. Nobody cares about. Well, that's why Fourth of July. Fourth of July. That's why Fourth of July is my favorite. What better time of the year to get fucked up? You're in your fucking <laughs> Bermuda shorts. It's summertime. You're at the beach. Chicks are naked. There's burgers on the grill. Beers are flowing. All sorts of shit. I mean, come on, dude. Think about it. If you're in New York, New Year's Eve is fucking freezing. Okay. Think about where, it. Where are burgers on the grill and women are naked? Where's that? At at, <laughs> at, at, at the beach. At the beach in New York. Orchard Beach. Orchard Beach. Look it up. I, I will. I'm going to Google Orchard Beach because I want to check it out. Orchard Beach. Orchard Beach in the South Bronx. In the South Bronx. So, uh, where all the Puerto Ricans hang out. Speaking of Puerto Ricans, we're going to go right into our first uh, uh, article. Um, we, we, I'm going to dedicate today's show to deaths. Since uh, uh, Halloween really uh, stems from uh, old, uh, All Souls uh, Day or um, uh, Day of the Dead for us Latinos, uh, Mexicans, actually, because Puerto Ricans. Why, why are you looking at me? Well, because you're Mexican, because you're Mexican <laughs> descent, dressed up as a convict. <laughs> can I just say Conveniently. this? Conveniently. Can, can, <laughs> can I just say this, that... Uh, in the spirit of Halloween, you know, with the price of razor blades today, I wouldn't mind some of those in the candy. I, I'll tell you that. Much. I hear you. Yeah, they, they, th they, those things are damn expensive. Right. If you want to give me free razor blades, Mach 3. <laughs> Put some in my motherfucking apples anytime. Okay? Yeah. Pick the fuck up to Chipotle on 7th Street and Grand Avenue in downtown L.A. Pick the fuck up. They hooked us up with $3 burritos. Yeah, it was great. That was awesome, right? Was if you were in a costume, they gave you your right. burrito for half right. price. Actually, right. that's better than half price. Right. For, for, for those of you that don't know, this is, this is an ongoing thing with Chipotle. Uh, from 4 p.m. to closing at any Chipotle, they'll give you uh, uh, any burrito for $3 if you're in costume. Of course, none of us were in costume except for you. M Mike, I told the guy, Mike, is, he's, he's, his costume is he's, he's, uh, he's dressed as a black man because he's really white. The guy gave him a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, otherwise the NAACP would have been all over. Right, right. I told him, I basically told him I'm dressed as a stockbroker because I have my computer bag. I said, normally I'm a Puerto Rican and I'm unemployed. He gave me a burrito. And you came along and you had your fucking... I a shaved head and a convict shirt. And, a shaved head and fucking and, 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 and conquering fucking state penitentiary uh, shirt. And my knife. And your knife. To the first story, Puerto Rican. So the first uh, 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 death, uh, rest in peace to, uh, for those of you guys that don't know, Scott Carpenter, uh, he appears white. I mean, in most news clippings, you know, everyone thinks he's a white guy. Well, there's only been like two non- Black, uh, non-white astronauts, right? There's been like one Asian guy and like two black guys? I'm not sure. No. No? There's never been a black guy no. in space. Yeah, yeah. There's, no, there was like one... in space, but they ain't done nothing. They just really? went for the ride. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Hold on a second. There was a black dude in space? Two really? of them. Really? Yeah, there's a couple two... of them. Man, I've been but asleep. They just went for the ride. Anyway, this dude, this dude was the second American to orbit the Earth. Not to go right. to the moon, but to orbit the Earth. Okay. And uh, so, you know, I mean... I believe John Glenn was the first, right, to right. orbit the Earth, right. mm -hmm. and and uh, so he just passed. Uh, Scott uh, Carpenter, rest in peace. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read about him because a lot of people I didn't know who he was. A lot of people don't know who he is. Probably some of these kids now nowadays uh, don't even know who the fuck anybody is anymore. The article is uh, the astronaut who sought immortality. So it goes, when Scott Carpenter's capsule splashed down in the Caribbean on May 24th, 1962, NASA didn't know if the astronaut was alive or dead. The craft had been on low fuel as it reentered the atmosphere, and a key instrument that indicated which way the capsule was pointing had, been had malfunctioned. NASA's mission control told Carpenter he would overshoot his landing zone by more than 250 miles and then abruptly lost radio contact. Veteran broadcaster Walter Cronkite solemnly reported on CBS News that America may have lost an astronaut, but as it turned out, there was no need for panic. Carpenter, always cool under pressure, his heart rate never went above 105 during his almost five-hour space flight. Wait, hang on. For the young people, Walter Cronkite was like that era's Mario Lopez. Um, um, his heart rate never went above 105 during his almost five-hour space flight. Had he had uh, taken manual control of the craft and landed safely in the waters of Puerto Rico! Big up, big up, big the fuck up! 
So this is the first inkling that this dude wasn't white. Okay, I'm going to read on so you know what I'm talking about. When a Navy helicopter spotted him, he had his feet up in a life raft and was eating a candy bar. Bing, 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 bing. That's another fucking clear cut sign right there. The man just didn't give a fuck. Whisked aboard the aircraft carrier Intrepid, which, by the way, a side note, the Intrepid Sea and Air Museum is parked in New York City. On the west side of 42nd Street. So if you want to know where this guy was taken, the, that uh, Intrepid is actually uh, docked in, uh, uh, on the far west side of New York City off of 42nd Street. And then they named the Dodge Intrepid after this, right? I don't know about all that. I don't know. But anyway, that sounds good. Carpenter received a phone call from President Kennedy, who congratulated him on being the second American to orbit Earth. The astronaut humbly apologized for not having aimed a little bit better on reentry. Wait, hang on. For the young people listening, Kennedy was like that era's Obama. White. <laughs> but white. Yeah, yeah. Except, except Kennedy got laid. A lot. A lot. A lot. You don't think Obama gets laid? Nah, nah. Michelle, Michelle will fuck him up. Kennedy, <laughs> no, 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 no. Barack gets laid. How do with, you know Barack gets laid? He gets laid with a gorgeous woman. His wife is gorgeous. I mean, he gets yeah. laid. To, to us, maybe she's gorgeous. Maybe he's bored of her. I've met her. She's fucking gorgeous, dude. Oh, that's right. Trust okay, me. You've yeah. met her. She's, she's gorgeous. There. there is a picture somewhere of you she's with She's gorgeous, Obama, dude. Yes. I don't give a shit. He's Have getting laid. Have a dress? No. She's Don't say anything. Be careful what you say about Michelle Obama, because uh, Nestor is down with her. No, no, Michelle. Michelle, she's 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 flawless. I'm serious. I'm not even making that up. She's flawless. So he he's getting laid. He's just not getting a variety of rainbow colors and flavors like JFK. <laughs> I will say that Michelle what? is very attractive, but she's a big woman. I mean, you'd have to. She's a of, tall woman. You'd have yeah, to be a big man. I couldn't handle her. I don't think I can. Handle no, her. she's tall, dude. Yeah, she's I, very tall. I, I hugged her, her, and her fucking shoulders were like. Just slightly below my, my, my ears. Yeah. She's tall. I couldn't handle her. Picture that, guys. Her shoulders were slightly below my ears. What was you doing? Wow. Just giving her a hug. Mm. Uh, shall I continue? Yes, you All shall. Right. Carpenter flew anti-submarine patrols and surveillance sorties during the Korean War, said Bloomberg.com. And in the late 1950s, he applied for Project Mercury, mm -hmm. the first U.S. human spacecraft program. I volunteered for this program for a lot of reasons, he said, after being selected along with six other pilots in 1959. One of them, quite frankly, is that it is a chance for immortality. Carpenter uttered the famous line, Godspeed, John Glenn, when astronaut Glenn became the first American to orbit Earth on February 20th, 1962. Three months after that, it was Carpenter's turn. He blasted off from Cape Canaveral, Florida, raced to an altitude of 165 miles, and circled the planet at 17,500 miles per hour, said the Washington Post. He was enjoying himself. Author Tom Wolfe wrote in The Right Stuff his account of the Mercury Project. He talked more and more, uh, he talked more, ate more, drank more water, and did more with the capsule than any of them ever had. He was swinging the capsule this way and that way, taking photographs a mile a minute, making detailed observations of the sunrises and horizon. While his reentry was troubled, a NASA investigation officially uh, exonerated him of any pilot error. But Mercury flight director Chris Kraft insisted that Carpenter's lack of discipline, another reason why I think he's Puerto Rican, lack of discipline had caused the overshoot. He was completely ignoring our request to check his instruments. Kraft wrote in his 2001 memoir, I swore an oath that Scott Carpenter would never fly again in space. He didn't. That right there tells me the dude was Puerto Rican. He just didn't give a shit. He didn't follow directions. He just did, he, he just did his own thing. But, um, but amazing man. Amazing man. We'll read on. This, the, first of all, you got to understand. But, but think about this. Everything he did in that craft. Everything he did in that craft from that point on became standard. Right. That these guys, he was the, he was the guinea pig. Mm -hmm. He self-appointed guinea pig. Those flights were solo. 
Right. Not like these homo flights now. You get like four or five guys. You play cards in the fucking, you know, in the atmosphere. These guys are solo. Imagine that shit going up by yourself. Right. You don't give a shit. Well, I, I, even though I'm heterosexual, I might choose the homo flight because if you're on the solo flight, you're going to have to masturbate. I, you know. Well, and then, and, then, and then when you ejaculate, that shit's going to splatter you in the fucking head because, because gravitational force is going to float and you're, <laughs> oh, you and you're apt to fucking lick it. What you happens got, oh, when, you, when you come in space? <laughs> When you come you guys, in space, the sperms just float all over the room. I, How do we get to Well, because because he had to bring up the jerk off. <laughs> you astronomical bomba-clad masturbatory motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, let me finish this article and then we and then we can fuck around because this is just one more paragraph. Having done what he could in outer space, Carpenter became a pioneer in the ocean's depths, said the New York Times. He descended 200 feet to the ocean floor off San Diego in 1965 to inaugurate the Navy's Man in the Sea program by living in an undersea habitat called Sea Lab 2. Together with three other men, uh, uh, Sal, yeah. he stayed for 30 days. This is the gay ocean voyage. Yeah, right. He stayed for 30 days mining ore from the ocean floor. 30 days, dude. Harvesting fish and even salvaging a sunken fighter jet. After retiring from the Navy in 1969, Carpenter continued seeking new adventures. He set up a company devoted to ocean, oceanographic, oceanographic research and dived in most of the world's oceans, including under the Arctic ice. Every child has got to seek his own destiny, he said. All I can say is that I have had a great time seeking my own. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Big up. Big up. Big up. The fuck up for you crazy high rising achieving motherfuckers. Oh, Paul. Yeah. Anyway, on another note, we got uh, some scary shit happening. We got the uh, sriracha, the famous uh, uh, hot red spicy sauce. There's a big problem going on right now. This is very scary for a lot of people. A lot of people can't live without this shit. Um, the, the factory used to be in Rosemead in California, and then they opened up another uh, f- a factory in, in, uh, in Irwindale. Not a factory, a warehouse, right? I, I thought it was a factory in Irwindale. Okay, yeah, yeah, excuse me, a factory in Irwindale. So they opened up a factory in Irwindale. The the one in Rosemead was a big a big uh, 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 a warehouse and factory. And apparently, uh, all the neighbors or people who live in the neighborhood around the factory have been complaining of the fumes, the you know the the hot. Uh, pepper fumes in the air and that their eyes are burning and the smell. Well, because most people like their oxygen mild, but there are a few people that like their oxygen spicy. Right. Yeah, definitely. The odors are so strong and offensive as to have caused residents to move outdoor activities indoors and even vacate their residences uh, temporarily to seek relief from the odors. The suit says so. They're trying to, you know, follow suit, and uh, they follow suit with the with with the local authorities. And the funny thing about it is that the oh, the general manager of the place, what did he what did he say? <laughs> he said he said something to the effect of he said. Nobody in the factory is complaining. Yeah, none, of, none of my employees have ex- has complained about this. The smell. Right. <laughs> that's what I People come but to my apartment and they go, this apartment smells like uh, cat pee. And I go, no one else is complaining about it but you. So I figure they, they must be the crazy ones. <laughs> Yeah. Well, somebody wrote, somebody uh, uh, commented below, says the racial makeup of Irwindale, I mean, this is not surprising, was uh, 58.6% white, tw- uh, 0.8% African American, uh, 20.2% Native American, 2.4% Asian. Anyway, point is the Wait, majority 22% of white. 22% of the population? No. 2.4% was Native American. Native American. Okay. 0.6% was Asian. They, they have the numbers. It says the racial makeup of Irwindale was 833 people are white. Uh, well, it was interfering with the, well, the fumes from the uh, race cars in Irwindale. Well, that's true. There is a, a, yeah, there is a racetrack so over there. If you, got, you, if you can't smell the aroma uh, exhaust, of exhaust, yeah. are, you, are you implying that, that white people are more apt to complain about the... Uh, um, in, general, in general, I think white people are more apt to complain, period. Yes. Especially if they can't smell their exhaust. No, no, 
no, in general. Well, what you're saying, Mike, is that in Irwindale, there's a lot of race uh, race car. There's a big racetrack. Uh, racetrack. But but apparently, what happened is in Rosemead, the factory was nowhere. It was an in, near an industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, there happened to be some some housing developments relatively close. So that's a different issue. The other thing that's interesting is I, I can't find the the quote, but uh, there's a guy who said. Um, who says something to the effect of, well, it's not that bad inside once you get once you get used to it. And and basically the guy who, who says it is a Latino. He, wor- <laughs> he works in there. Well, he used to work at the Cholula factory, so it wasn't nothing yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. My man gargles with fucking uh, uh, sriracha sauce. He fucking, his eyes get dry. He fucking squirts sriracha sauce in his eye. He, he needs lubrication to have sex with his fucking dog. He uses sriracha sauce. Come on, dude. It was just, it was just fucking hilarious. I just thought that was funny. Who would win in a fight, sriracha sauce or tapatio hot sauce? Well, tapatio sucks as far as I'm concerned. Yes. What? I'm a Cholula fan. I'm a Cholula fan. Uh, and, and, and if you go and, and you can't compare either tapatio, Cholula, or... Uh, sriracha. So, sriracha. You can't you can't compare those because sriracha is is a completely different animal in, onto itself. It is. There's a rooster on the on the cover. Of, well, uh, it's a rooster, yeah. But but the thing that you know, for those of you who don't want to know about sriracha, everybody knows about it. It's a fucking red bottle with a green cap and a white rooster. It's white 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 lettering. It's an interesting story. You should you should Google it. Uh, Google it. The guy's from Vietnam. He came to this country, I think, in the seventies, and. He used to make hot sauce for his uh, village. And when he came here, he was making the hot sauce for his family and neighbors. And, you know, the shit caught on. Everybody loved it. And he couldn't make enough of it. He decided to open up a place. And boom, the rest is history. Um, what's interesting about Sriracha is that it's in every fucking supermarket. This one, this one you know when you have something that's really good or that it's... Uh, you know, crossed over into many different cultures. I mean, people use it in sushi. You got... Uh, all these gourmand chefs making all sorts of shit. It, it's almost impossible uh, not to think of a, a, a possible, you know, a, a way to use sriracha. I mean, it's interesting. It's 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 hot, but it's got a it's got a very tangy, vinegary uh, mm-hmm. flavor. So it's not like a really dense salsa mm-hmm. type I, I of hot sauce. You can also use it to shine your copper pots. I understand. You can. Yes. You can. Yeah. Yeah. If you can. You want to have a- a hot time at night. You can use it uh, for sexual. Uh, you can well. Yeah. You can well. You know that's yeah. that's African American thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> us like Latinos. Like yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> I don't know about that, Mike. But if you say so, if you say so, then no problemo. Um, so so we have uh, there's some crazy shit that's been going on, man. We have a uh, uh, another story. Of a former uh, funeral home uh, employee charged with jacking gold crowns from corpses. If I'm not mistaken, the article actually uses the expression jacking. Jacking. uh, Where did this guy get his uh, journalism degree from Def Jam University? Wait, wait, wait. Where does he get get his colloquialism and shit? (laughs) Well, I guess it's like, 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 you know, I'm a jack your shit. (laughs) Carjacking. This is crown jacking. Or, or, um, the picture is of a skull with gold gold teeth. So maybe Jack O'Lantern, like Jack, I don't know, maybe he was trying to, uh, something. But Or maybe he was using a jack hammer. Oh yeah, or maybe he was just jacking off on the fucking corpses. Who knows? Why why do I have a belief that if your teeth look like that, you didn't die of natural causes. I I just, I'd be willing to bet money. No, Uh, if your teeth look like that, you are a rich son of a bitch. If you want to see the picture that we're looking at, go to LAist. L-A-I-S-T dot com. That's where I get a lot of my local Los Angeles news. It's pretty interesting stuff. Some of it is very interesting. Some of it is informative. Some of it is uh, cultural. Some of it is uh, gastronomical. I mean, it, well, food. it is oh. cultural because the guy who did it was Puerto Rican. No, the guy who did this was... No, he wasn't Puerto Rican, was he? He was a white dude. He's a white dude. Was he white? <laughs> no, I just, white wanted, I just wanted to accuse him. I just Puerto want Rican. you guys out there to know that we're racist here. We want to know what race this motherfucker was so that we can poke fun at him. That's relevant. It's relevant. So, check this out. A former apprentice embalmer, okay, accused of taking gold crowns from corpses at a Lancaster funeral home will be arraigned Wednesday on more than two dozen Felony counts, the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office announced. 
Pete Jacob Lara, 39, is charged with removal of possession of dental gold from human remains, amongst other felonies. He also faces 23 counts of second-degree commercial burglary. Uh, Lara no, formally... Wait a, minute, wait a minute. Commercial burglary? Yeah. What, what's that? Uh, we'll have to Google that in a minute. It's yeah, when you do a burglary within 30 seconds of a commercial. Right. Yeah, you have right. to do it within so, the commercial. Like if you're watching a commercial on oh. your iPhone and you decide to break into some place, yeah. that's called a commercial burglary. So what was he burglarized? Uh, I don't know. I think the main point of the, of the story is that he's jacking uh, gold crowns from uh, uh, cadavers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was burglarizing their heads. Well, he's also doing something else. But he also, they also said among other felonies, like I said, he might be jacking off on the corpses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why that's a bur- felony. Why he's burglarizing the heads. <laughs> Lara formerly worked for Haley Olson Murphy Funeral Home in Lancaster as an apprentice embalmer. He allegedly took gold crowns from bodies and other items like a cremation urn box and medallions used to decorate urn boxes worth more than $1,000. Prosecutor, uh, prosecutor said Lara went on to pawn the stolen goods at pawn shops and jewelry exchanges. The <laughs> now, alleged, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The alleged <laughs> crimes took place between June and October. Uh, his case is still being investigated by the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. If convicted, Lara faces a maximum sentence of 19 years in state prison. He should fucking take, get 19 well, years. Now think, Scumbag. Now, yeah. You're you're the guy that you were asking me. Well, I just want to know how how did they catch him? Well, yeah, because I'm curious. Well, because the stupid fuck probably went to their his local pawn shop with actual crowns of gold. <laughs> and you think you think his his homie in the that he's been paying him said, "What's this, brother motif?" Well, well, eventually, <laughs> eventually, you know, I mean, how many times could you go into a fucking pawn shop with crowns? Eventually, someone might. You know, notify the authorities. You know I'd like I mean? to see that on an episode of Pawn Stars when somebody brings in <laughs> <laughs> and Chum Lee's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do with that, son? You want to sell it or you want to pawn it? <laughs> yeah. I How much you it. want for it? The fucking, the, I mean, this is, I, mean, I'm, I don't know, that's one of my favorite shows. Nobody ever Stars. wants to pawn it. Well, I've been, t- I've watched a couple episodes of that when they actually, pa- two guys pawn. One guy pawned a large collection of, I don't know what the, I forget what it was, but for a, a nice $20,000, something oh. like that. Yeah, it's crazy. You, you know, the only thing I don't like about that show or any any show where they're you've always- told, You've told me this. It, 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 well, no, it never shows them selling the stuff. It only shows them buying the stuff. Does anybody ever buy the stuff from them? Um... Um, Same thing with I don't think so. Doors. I don't think so. But I've been to, I've been to the uh, Gold and Silver Pawn Shop yeah? in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's an interesting place. Did you see the actors? Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, I, I like the old man, so, you know, I haven't seen, I, I would have liked to have seen the old man, but, you know. You, you don't like the Michael Chiklis looking guy? Uh, uh, Rick? Yeah. I do like Rick. Yeah. Rick is very knowledgeable. The, what's interesting about that show and it being on the History Channel is that uh, the medium uh, for for the information is pawns, uh, people pawning items and stuff like that, but a lot of that stuff has historical content, and you wind up learning a lot about you know, crazy stuff. Some yeah. of it is stupid, but you learn shit. It's interesting. I like the road show better. I got you. The antiques road show. Yeah. That's, I, that's all right. I mean, I just got tired of looking at shit that I would never be able to afford. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to watch Pawn Stars. That's <laughs> where you could pawn your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're going to continue with um, just basically, you know, death and scary shit. I'm going to go with uh, uh, a husband and wife. Uh, in their 70s were charged this week with murdering their previous spouses and two children more than 30 years ago. They then married each other and moved 1,100 miles away. Prosecutors allege that Alice Uden, 74, killed her husband Ronald Hultz in late 1974, probably for bad last names, right? Mm -hmm. What's the last name? Hultz and Uden. Oh, uh, uh, those, those suck. Yeah, in late 1974 or early 1975. And that five years later, Gerald Uden, 71, shot dead his ex-wife, Virginia, and two adopted sons, ages 10 and 12, on a bird hunting trip and then hid the bodies. Okay. Nah, bird hunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, they must be related to, uh, uh, what's that vice president? 
Uh, Cheney? Cheney, Dick yeah. Cheney. Well, yeah. the guy looks a little bit like Cheney. Yeah. The the arrest came after police found Holtz's body in an abandoned mine in Wyoming, where the Udens lived before relocating to Missouri. Uh, much about the case remains murky, including whether the two knew about each other's alleged crimes when they got together. In other words, yeah. they, they each murdered their uh, respective spouses separately uh, three years apart, and then they got together. Then they got married. Wait, I'm looking We're at not, the pictures. Yeah. The, these are the living... Yeah, the, uh, those, yeah, yeah, those, are, those are the dead bodies. No, 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 no. those are them. They <laughs> look dead. Couple. No, but That's those the are them. Couple. Now, think about this. Hold on, hold on. Do you think if he... Now, how much different did she look 70 years ago? I bet you she didn't look that much better. So, he... I think I would have shot her 70 years ago. <laughs> oh. Because if that's her now, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a cost. Anyway, anyway, that's at the. Uh, um, you can you can Google this. Uh, the, the the elderly killers arrested in Chadwick, Missouri. Anyway, it's just you know we're gonna continue with. Now, with now how did they how did they get caught? Um, I think what happened was the way where he looks, he looked like he turned himself in to get away from her. <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how they got caught. To be honest with you, I think that maybe neighbors. A neighbor said that the couple had lived on about sixty acres near Missouri's uh, Mark Twain National Forest for at least fifteen years with several of their uh, adult children. Basically, they found the body of of one of their spouses, and since they lived there, mm -hmm. they wanted to know, like you know, they probably wanted to find out, like what happened. Uh, did you know that uh, your uh, husband uh, was there? All along, shit like that. You know, I've seen enough of these uh, true TV and court TV shows to know that you can get away with killing someone as long as you never tell anyone. Right. And, and usually someone will tell somebody. Yes. They'll tell their best friend in yes. confidence. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that is a mistake. Yes. <laughs> Don't tell. Well, if you kill somebody, listeners, if you kill anybody, do not tell anyone. Yeah, well, what it is, it's almost like it's almost like uh, or, uh, um, or or whatever you do, don't marry a crime partner that looks like her. And don't Facebook yeah. status update yeah. that you killed someone. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, that's an like, ongoing. Like, oh, body sure heavy. That's an uh, frowny face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's an ongoing thing. That's an ongoing thing that uh, Simon and I have. He doesn't believe that um, uh, a Facebook postings uh, should hold. Uh, or should be used as evidence, evidence in a court of law, and I'm like, and he and his thing is like, well, somebody can hack into your account and and post stupid, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, the majority of these people who are posting stuff are just plain old fucking retarded bastards. They do stupid yeah. shit. Nobody had to hack into their account. No, no one has to hack into their account. And and the thing is that people are stupid. People are stupid. There's two things that'll get you caught. One of those is guilt, right? So you do this, and and and. Let's face it. If you have some sort of a conscience, you know you're gonna feel guilty about murdering somebody. You're just going to. It's 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 the normal thing to do. If you're a sociopath, trust me, you don't have friends to tell them about anything you've done, and you don't. You're not gonna feel guilt, so it's not gonna matter. It's always the people who, you know, who do shit, and then they think that they can, you know, live a normal life after that. You know what I'm saying? I want you to know. Um Nestor and Mike, that mm -hmm. if, if either of you guys ever confide in me that you killed someone, I'll be forced to notify the authorities. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. But if I killed somebody, the last thing I would do is tell anybody. I just <laughs> I would, just, I would say the last thing I would do is tell you, Sal. No, I wouldn't tell anybody. I mean, that's fucking stupid. I mean, like, if you told me to kill somebody like five years from now, I'd be like, I would like be with a new friend. I'd be like, hey, um, you know what Nestor told me? Don't tell anybody. No, but you would. Five, you, five years ago, no, you would, told me that he right, killed somebody. Right, you would want you would you would want to tell other people to stay away from me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's like you know. But anyway, that's uh, more more disturbing shit. Body parts keep showing up at water treatment plants. Okay, in a dex look as if fucking Los Angeles water doesn't smell doesn't smell and taste like fucking shit like you, dead well, rats. You know why? Because we already have toilet to tap happening in Los Angeles. Yeah, right. without without any fucking yeah. purification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is what gets me is 
people have been drinking this water, and they come down and says the water tastes Who? Funny. I don't drink the water here. No, no, I'm talking oh, about... Oh, these people? Yeah, at the hotel. Is, okay, no, we're not doing the hotel yet. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing the, water pl- the water plant. Yeah, that's what well, I'm saying. The water. I, I drink Los Angeles. I, oh, just, oh, I, right, I, I use right. a Brita filter, and that filters I, out any skin yeah, and nails yeah, and, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, veins and muscles. Yeah, I don't fuck with that shit, man. Water in L.A., first of all, it's, 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 it's shit to tap, and what they do... You know, Los Angeles' version of purification is douse the water with chlorine. Oh, That's man. what they do. So your water is heavily chlorinated, and it's fucking nasty. And it's hard as shit. You get water stains on anything. You know and, what I mean? And, and what do you... Now, Now you prefer not only bottled water, but you kind of make your own water. Yes, I do, sir. You, you, you make your own carbonated beverages. Yes, I do, sir. I do that. I love carbonated water, a.k.a. seltzer, a.k.a. club soda. And uh, what happens in L.A., which is another crazy-ass phenomenon, whereas in New York, uh, where predominant, you know, anywhere you go in New York, seltzer, seltzer is a Jewish thing, having seltzer or club soda. So in New York, there's so I don't understand when I came out here, it's like there's a lot of Jews out here in L.A. Why can't I get a fucking club soda or a seltzer water at a fucking 7-Eleven? In New York, bro, the bodegas have fucking seltzer water. You go to a fucking crack spot in Brooklyn, they'll have seltzer water or club soda. You know what I mean? So... Are you saying that that seltzer no. is a is a Yiddish word? Uh, no, no, I'm saying... That's it, what it, I was going to say. No, no, and, it, and it could be is because Jews don't shop at Kmart. No, no, <laughs> I'm just... Or 7-Eleven. Well, maybe that's maybe that's, but not not even not even at uh, Kmart you can yeah. find seltzer. Or or I'm, I was on my Seven Eleven. But anyway, the point you asked me, I just went all the way around and 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 just to say this, I would go to the local supermarket to get seltzer or club soda, and they were always out or they didn't have it. And whenever I found some, I'd be compelled to buy, you know, cases of it. Right. So eventually, I bought myself one of those soda streams. Well, I received one. From uh, Rosemary. She got me a soda stream. So I'm able to make water into club soda. I just went like all over the place. But I did want to make the point that I found it odd that in Los Angeles, uh, you can't get fucking club soda. Tired of drinking regular boring water? You need Soda Stream. That's right. Get rid of the shit from your L.A. tap water right now. SodaStream.com. <laughs> Skip the shit to the tap. <laughs> that was good. That was good, Sal. In a Dexter-like twist, more human remains have been found at a water treatment plant, making the third time body parts have been found in the last week. The remains were discovered at the plant in Carson, where body parts were found Saturday. Now, Carson is uh, south mm-hmm. of, of Los Angeles, yeah? Yes. Like uh, not far from Los Angeles or uh, southeast of Lo- uh, LAX, I meant. Right, southeast right. of LAX, yeah? Right. Do you know your geography? I don't really know where Carson is. Okay. No. I'm thinking of Colton. I don't know where Carson no, is. Colton is, no, Colton is east. Colton yeah. is Riverside. Colton is in the Inland Empire. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where, where Carson is. And it, I think it's south, southeast from LAX. It's, it's, it's hoodie. Yeah. You know, it's hoodie. Uh, I was just kind of curious. That's crazy. The third time this week, the coroner's office told City News Service an investigator was sent to the scene on a follow-up investigation. He wouldn't say whether additional remains have been found. The discovery comes days after a woman's pelvis was found at the same location and a torso was found at another plant 20 miles away. Authorities found a woman's upper torso at the San Jose Water Reclamation Plant north of Whittier on Monday. That's a completely different town. Uh, the torso was believed to match a pelvis and set of legs found on October 26 at the Carson at the Carson plant, the Joint Water Pollution Control Plant. It's unbelievable. You know, let, <laughs> let me tell you guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The third set of human remains apparently belongs to the same woman. The L.A. County Sheriff's Police off, uh, Sheriff's Office told the L.A. Times. Homicide investigators were treating all remains as one case. Third body part found at a water treatment plant Thursday morning has been identified as an, as an arm. This is fucked up, dude. So, so were they playing Scrabble with this body? Well, they're basically cutting it up and putting it in different places, thinking that it's well, going mean, to decompose the, naturally in the water. No, I'm talking about the, the, the authorities. Were they playing Scrabble as the parts were coming along? They were <laughs> to just fit them in. Well, well, they're treating 
treating it as one case because since the since the body parts belong to the same person, supposedly. Anyway, the whole thing is fucked up, man. It's crazy. But this is not unique. This is a thing in L.A. I mean, um, not too long ago, uh, there was uh, a, a woman, a, a woman's uh, uh, a body found not too far from the from the Skid Row Studios. A, a woman's body at the Cecil Hotel. This uh, um, this young Asian chick. Uh, I think she was like 20-something years old. She, uh, 21 years old, uh, from Vancouver, Canada. Uh, is there a picture of her? There is a picture yeah, of her. Because Mike would like to see a picture of her. Yeah. Um, uh, you, know, you know, yeah, right, that's funny. Um, um, so, so basically, she, she was at the uh, Cecil Hotel, which is not far from here. It's, uh, what is it, 5th Street and what? 7th uh, and Main. 7th and Main, so right, right, right down the block. And, and it's a fucking trip, man. It's like right across the street from Jeremy's house. You can see it. <laughs> but the hotel's a fucking trip. Anyway. Wait, have, you're telling me that Jeremy lives across the street from the Cecil Hotel? Yeah. Where Richard Ramirez used to live? Yeah. But he didn't live there when Richard Ramirez was, you know, stabbing hoes and shit. Wow. Yeah, but but that's the that's 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 only a little bit of of part of what used to live at the Cecil Hotel. Um, so basically, um, this this her name was Elisa Lamb. May she rest in peace. God rest her soul. That's her um, name, Elisa. E L I S A Lamb. Rest in peace. Um, I remember seeing this in the news, in Yahoo News or something like that. And there was an actual fucking video. And there is a video. It's, it's, it's morbid, right? Because there's a yes. video. Yeah. They'll, show, they'll say, uh, unidentified woman found in the water tower at Cecil Hotel. Patrons complained about low water pressure and really foul-tasting foul water. Yeah, that was the complaint. Then they find this fucking body. In, in, in the water tower. Then they're like, oh shit, what happened? Did they murder her? Did they drug her? Did they rape her? Blah, blah. No one knows, right? Until they do an autopsy. I, I think there was even speculation that she might have just fallen in. Well, that's what happened. Right. That's yeah. what happened. It was an accident. It was ruled as an accident. So mm-hmm. she just she just climbed up there on top of the well, water. Well, before tower. before any of this was 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 uh, 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 discovered, there's this video, and the girl is acting really erratic. She jumps into this elevator, pushes all the buttons, and she's and and obviously somebody from security from the Cecil released this fucking video, and it went viral. It's on YouTube. So she's frantic. She's pushing all the buttons, and she's hiding to the side of the door, and the door doesn't close and she runs off and that's the last you see of her so uh, uh, apparently what 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 they came up with was that she was bipolar you know mm-hmm. and 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 you know there's been there, there have been updates on this whole thing the the most recent one was that her parents were suing the cecil hotel and uh all of the patrons of the cecil hotel that were staying there were suing the cecil hotel damn cecil's in big trouble well the cecil hotel man but the well the cecil hotel also is uh is uh, uh primarily it's half sro right it's single room occupancies for for people on low income right yeah the, the lower floors are the low income floors um but then it's mostly like european tourists right. in the upper floors like 95 bucks a night and shit like that wow. Uh, well, it's uh, named after Cecil B. B. DeMille, the former movie is it, director. Is it, is, it, is it really named after him? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. You, 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 you're bullshitting, man. Sounds good. It sounded good, but it's not. <laughs> but, but, I guess but, a little more. I mean, you, yeah. know, you know what? One thing I've really admired about Jeremy is, is how he has this. He really romanticizes Los Angeles. Like, I grew up here in Los Angeles, and when I come to downtown, I'm thinking, like, why would anybody really want to live here? And Jeremy loves living in downtown Los Angeles. Amongst the literal Skid Row, this is where it all started, man. This is where the history's at. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, that's you, what I love you about him. You should I, be living next to Olvera Street, then. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, no, but that's <laughs> next what I lo- to the first house yeah, in, right. in, uh, first in Los house. Angeles. Yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah, the first, the first urban development. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that's what, but that's what I love about about downtown and Jeremy, and it's it, you know. N- there's some people who live down here, and there's a lot of people who live down here. Because I remember when I first came to Los Angeles, you know, that, that, and I, I don't think it still has caught on. But, you know, there was this whole thing of buying lofts and living down here in lofts. All these, like, hipsters, you know, moving down here. And, you know, being from New York, the last thing I want to do is fucking be near hipsters. You know what I mean? And you live in this pretty fancy building. 
And a lot of the people who live in that building seem to be kind of hippish, yeah? Yeah, definitely. They're all like hipsters. But you're like the last thing from that. You're like, fuck it, I'm not into all that. Well, it was strange because my first time in downtown Los Angeles, I had come from New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, you're from New York City. Mm-hmm. You come to downtown LA after being in New York City and you think... What the fuck is this? You know, this is fucking, what is this? It's a joke, you know? A trip, though. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not but, a downtown, comparatively speaking. Well, no. Well, down generally, downtowns of any uh, major metropolis are seedy and, and, you know, dark, gray, gritty. They just are because the life is there during the day, during business hours, you know? Corporations uh, run the buildings. After five, it's empty. There's nothing to eat. There's no places to live. And that's what downtown was. You know, I came here 14 years ago, and and it was a ghost town after 5 p.m. Nothing on the streets. Right, except... Except Skid Row. That's yeah. always been, that's always, Fifth Street has always been fucked up. Yeah, and Skid Row would go as far west as Broadway, right. pretty much. And right. now, you know, it's it's been pushed east. So right. it's changing, it's evolving, but yeah, there's a lot of hipsters. I want there to be the diversity in downtown Los Angeles that there is in, like, New York City. Right. You have an old, old Jewish couple right next to some young right. hipsters. Right. You don't really get that sort of thing down here. It's now, Jewish couples are usually now. wiser than that. They live up in Santa Barbara. Yeah. They're like, fuck <laughs> That. I'm not fucking hanging out in fucking Skid Row. Yeah. No, thank you. So, but I did a little bit more research on on the on the Hotel Cecil, and the Hotel Cecil does have a a creepy past. So, so the Cecil Hotel's dark past earned it a spot on Los Angeles tours long before a woman's body was found inside its rooftop water tank. It's the place where serial killers stay, as uh, Sal was just saying, said tour guide Richard Shave or Shave or Chave. Uh, Shave and his wife, Kim Cooper, conduct a true crime and oddities tour. They call Hotel Horrors and Main Street Vice. Um, um, Cooper and Shave have made it their job to compile details. Cooper and Shave have made it their job. The law firm of Cooper and Shave wants you to know that if you've been anally assaulted, you can call us. Cooper and Shav have made it their job to complete uh, compile details on those who have killed or been killed while staying at the Cecil. The most famous on their list are serial killers Richard Ramirez, as Sal mentioned earlier, and Jack Unterweger. Richard Ramirez was of Mexican descent. Richard Ramirez was the Night Stalker. Yes. He was probably one of two Latino serial killers ever in the history of the United States of America. And he was also one of those perfect examples of how the uh, crime sketch, how the sketch looks nothing like the person when they find it. Right. Right, he was a fucking. He was. He was just mentally deranged. I mean, he was just. Oh, he, was a, he was a devil worshiper. Yeah, and yeah. believed that he was uh, killing people in the name of Satan. Right, right. He dressed all in black, and, and he, not and not the fun Satan that we dress up as for Halloween. No, he was just. He like was the, the evil Satan. He was just fucked up out of his mind. Is basically what it was. <laughs> <laughs> One of the other things that I remember um, reading about was that. Uh, um, that cutlery place over here on Broadway. That uh, what's the, do you know the name of the place over there, Jeremy? Where they where they sell uh, um, scissors, knives, and shit like that. I think it's called. It's not called Broadway Cutlery. Uh, but Killers Are Us? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's, it's right across the street from Grand Central Market. Right, right, right. And it used to be somewhere else, and then they moved. They got they got uh, pushed yep. out. So apparently he bought his last knife there. I have a book about serial killers. I'm actually fascinated with serial killers. And Richard Ramirez, how he got caught, he got caught in East L.A. And and they saw him in the news. And I forgot what he was doing. I think he was breaking into somebody's car or something like that. I think he was trying to break into a house, I think. A house or a car? I thought he was going, he had gone to a market. I thought he was, or a store, and he was leaving the store. Well, you're saying it was something mundane. I thought he actually got caught in the No, 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 no. He tried to break into something. Right. And somebody recognized his face, and they chased him, and they beat the fuck out of him. Yeah, the neighborhood. La Raza! Hit him! Hit him! Punch him in his face, eh? That is the nice talker! Puto! Punch him in his face, eh? Richard Ramirez! (laughs) It is the nice talker! I'm going to kick his ass! You motherfucker! You think you could just fuck our girls? Puto! Big they, ups to those that killed the Night Stalker. Oh, no, they didn't kill him. They fucked him up. <laughs> they fucked him up. He's, a, he's a, on death row now. I he's on no, death he's row. he's dead. 
No. What? He's dead. He died? No. Yeah, what? he died and he died. He when? Died. How uh, old this is this year. article? No. No, he did. No. Google him. He's dead. Google Richard him. Romero's is dead. I'm, you're thinking about somebody else. No, he died and he died in death row. No, no what? way. Look it up. I'm going to look it up. Look it up. I want to look it up. I think I would remember that because you know what? He had Los Angeles. Yeah, he died in June. Siege. He's right. What? He's right. So Richard Ramirez is dead? Yes. yes. All right, a moment of silence. Yes, he died. I Why? didn't know that. Why didn't I know that? Huh? What do you feel sad Did you about guys him? know that? Did you know I, that three I, months ago? I wanted to interview him. You knew that. He did. He died June 17th, June 7th. How'd he die? Um, he died of natural causes. He probably died of being stuffed in his fucking neck with a lot of cocks or something in, in, the, in the prison. He was in Greenbrae, California. I think, you know who I think killed him? He, just, he got Satan. Sick. Yeah, he got sick and just died. Richard, I'm here to collect on what is owed to me, your eternal soul. <laughs> you cocksucker. The Cecil filled the, then with hundreds of transients living in uh, the cheap rooms was a good place for Ramirez to go. A notice as he killed 13 women's, Shaft said. Uh, Shaft <laughs> Women's? Women's. Yeah, women's. Yes, women's. Mm. He was just dumping his bloody clothes in the dumpster at the end of his evening and then going back in the back entrance. Jack Unterweger worked as a journalist. Wagger. Jack Unterweger. So he wags under. It worked as a journalist. This is the last time we're having a black guy on my show. Well, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm, I'm just Jack telling you. Wag I'm just what telling kind of you. name is that? Jack Underwagger. Worked as a journalist covering Los Angeles crime for an Austrian magazine in 1991. When Can you see his boss calling him? When he moved into <laughs> the Cecil, we believed he was living at the Cecil in homage to Ramirez, Shaft said. Uh, so this guy was fucking paying tribute to fucking <laughs> unbelievable. Well, I, know, I know a comedian that lives in Steve Martin's old apartment. Where's that? Uh, I think after Steve Martin moved out, Dane Cook moved in. Then after Dane Cook moved out, another guy moved in. Where's this? Uh, I think somewhere like off Melrose or something. Mm. Steve Martin, Dane Cook, and then some other. <laughs> Jack <laughs> Underwagger. All right. <laughs> Okay, during the 1950s and 60s, the Cecil had a reputation as a place where people would kill themselves by jumping Damn. out upper floor windows, Cooper said. It's just what people do when they are at the end of their rope, she said. Helen Gurney, in her 50s, leaped from a seventh floor window, landing on the Cecil Hotel marquee on October 22nd, 1954. Julia Moore jumped from... Her eighth floor room window on February 11, 1962, she said. Moore left behind a bus ticket from St. Louis, 59 cents, and an Illinois bank account book showing a balance of $1,800. Pauline Otten, 27, jumped from a ninth floor window after an argument with her estranged husband on October 12, 1962. Cooper oh. said, Otten landed on George Giannini, 65, who was walking on the sidewalk 90 feet below. Both were killed so, instantly. So, so she committed suicide and killed somebody by doing it? She well, committed actually, suicide actually, and actually homicide the at the same time. What a actually, bitch. the story is, is that after a argument with her husband, she jumped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It's mm -hmm. called the husband pushed her. That's, yeah, that's what yeah, happened. Yeah. Not, not everyone on Cooper's list uh, committed suicide. Pigeon Goldie. Osgood, a retired telephone operator, was found uh, dead in her ransacked room on June Trust 4th, me, 1964. Trust me, that's a sister. Cooper no. said... Jumping Pigeon. off a building is some white people shit. No, 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 no. Pigeon, that's a sister. Cooper said, Osgood, known for protecting and feeding the pigeons at nearby Pershing Square, was stabbed, strangled, and raped. The crime has not been solved. Uh, not an ordinary hotel. Shav and Cooper have theories about why the Cecil's past has been so torrid. It was built in the 1920s as a hotel for businessmen to come into town and spend the night or two, Cooper said. But it was soon upstaged by nicer hotels in a better part of town. Uh, when the Great Depression hit the 1930s, it became more of a transient hotel. Mm. Eventually, it transitioned, transitioned into a single-room occupancy business known as an SRO. Long-term tenants rented individual rooms and shared bathrooms with neighboring tenants. This was just a place where people who were really down on their luck were going. But when did the hipsters come? I, I've stayed in the Cecil. Uh, oh, yeah? And it's not, yeah. That, it's not that bad. I mean, it's not. Uh, I mean, it smells like fecal matter and 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 dead bodies. It's not nice, but it'll get you through the night. Is it, I mean, is it know, haunted? I I didn't know any of those stories back then, but I did know about Richard Ramirez. Yeah, everybody knows. Because I used know. to hang out at Krabby Joe's next door, the bar, and right. there was rumors of Ramirez used to hang out in that bar right. and then go back to the Cecil. Right now, wait a second. Did, are there people now living in the room that Richard Ramirez lived in? Sure. 
I'm sure. Wow. But that's that's like. Well, that's what I'm talking about. I, I, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to spend the night in that room. Well, how many times? I mean, I read a few articles. That's like the YMCA. Let me finish. Let me finish this, and then and then, and then we'll wrap up the 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 macabre fucking uh, 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 sentiments of hotels and apartments and houses and who's died where and what because uh, people die, people get murdered, people get raped, people get strangled, people commit suicide. Somebody, it happened in your apartment, the one you lived in now. It may have happened in the house that I live in now. You don't know. I think it's going to happen in my apartment. Well, it's going to happen, sure. <laughs> um, um, uh, during the 1970s, 80s, and 90s, hundreds of people who were down on their luck called the Cecil home. They were all hustling to make ends meet. It's not like that anymore, of course. New owners converted three of the floors back to hotel rooms around 2007, but most of the building remains SRO. Another section serves as a hostel uh, that is marked toward European tourists, he said. Uh, It was not clear if Lamb was staying in one of the hotel rooms, which offer more privacy, or the hostel. It's almost impossible to to know, because I was reading another another article related to, to this type of thing about like how to find out where not to stay. In other words, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if the hotel has a fucked up website or there's signs of, of shitty hotels. I mean, how many times have you, you're a comedian, you travel across town, you stay in a motel. You don't fucking know. You know, have you ever had a friend, a friend of yours get murdered or commit suicide in, somewhere? Well, it's like, it's like a restaurant. If you drive, if you're driving out of town and you come upon a restaurant and there ain't nobody in it, don't eat there. Right. So it's the same as a motel. If you're driving and you don't see no cars in the parking lot, don't stay there. Well, you know what? I'll tell you guys. I've stayed in some real dumps. I've also had the pleasure of staying in some five-star hotels. And I'll tell you guys this. They're all full of sperm, blood, saliva. Sure. That's uh, true. Um, it, sure. It, uh, a woman's cream. I mean, sure. all over the place. They're all filthy. Don't touch anything. But, but, but you're more apt to not... Uh, slip on somebody's goo uh, in a five-star hotel true, than you are true. in a fucking in, 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 in a Motel 6. True, but but I tell you what, when I stay at a Motel oh. 6, every time I'm staying at a Motel 6, I think to myself, right now, one of my fellow neighbors probably has some weed. So yeah. that's the good part. Right. right. Otherwise, yeah, no, don't go there. <laughs> Listen, if the soap or, is thinner or, than your credit card, don't stay there, okay? <laughs> if the tooth that they give you, you can scrub the fucking shit off the bottom of your shoe and the bristles still are intact. Don't stay there. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of places uh, that you just don't know if people were murdered or if somebody committed suicide sure. or what's gone on. You just don't know. Sure. Um, who, who's jumped out of a, of a window? Yeah. You know what I mean? I used to work at a gym and the seventh floor, a woman jumped off the roof, which was the seventh floor. Uh, we were actually there that day. We were in the gym that day working out, and we literally saw the woman fly down the building. We all ran outside, and she had plunged to her death. Now, seven seven stories is high enough to kill you, but not high enough to you know to splatter you. Right. So mm-hmm. she looked very lovely there as she lay right. there dead, right. as blood trickled out of the back right. of her head. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I've seen I've seen I've seen that image before. Yeah. So if you ever want to kill just, yourself, just do, li- do seven floors. That way you'll still kind of be pretty, right. but you will be just dead. kind of listless. Well, no, when you when you. So in other words, if you do five floors. You'll be a paraplegic. That's what will happen. No, 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 no. When you lift her up, her face is fucked up, so she's not going to look that pretty. So you're only looking at her from the top. Yeah, well, we were looking at her from the f- of face, face, right. uh, facing so us because the back of her head was on the con- oh, concrete. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. okay. But, if she, but if she hit her face down, it would have oh, been, no, no, it, it been, been a wrap. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a wrap. Anyway, um, I read another article that right around the time that uh, Elisa or Elisa Lamb was found in the, uh, in, the water, in the water tank of the Cecil Hotel, there was a tuberculosis outbreak. In downtown LA, among among Skid Row, uh, uh, you know, transients. I remember about that. You know what? I think I was here at that time talking about that. Yeah, I think I wore my Asian flu mask. Did you? As I walked when down. When you were 7th. doing a show here? Yeah. When I walked down Seventh and Olive, I wore my Asian flu mask. Well, what's interesting is that the name of a uh, tuberculosis test is also called Elisa Lamb. What? Yeah. Google it. No, no, you've already taken away our electronic devices. Uh, I'm I can't telling you. Right. I, well, you, can't, yeah, you, yeah, you, you. Yeah, I could. I could. We're on restriction. You've confiscated my phone. It's under yeah. your teacher's yeah. desk. And you took my. No, 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 no. I, 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 I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I, I fucking. Here. Rapid direct antigen test for tuberculosis. 
Oh, it's called uh, Lamb Elisa, not Elisa Lamb. It's called Lamb Elisa. This portion of Nextoria's public radio is brought to you by Elisa Lamb tuberculosis test. That's right. Are you tired of coughing up blood from your lungs? Make sure you get tested today. <coughs> no, it's Lamb Elisa, and she was Elisa Lamb. Anyway, you know what? We're coming. We're coming uh, really close to the end of our show. Um, so I just want to say uh, Happy Halloween to everybody. You know. Uh, In closing, we wish you a safe and healthy Halloween season. Well, I mean, I, I, I thought I thought we'd talk about you know deaths and 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 the the morbid shit that people do. I mean, we have we have a bunch we have more stories and stuff like that. But you know, I think that uh, we've covered enough. I think ending on the Cecil Hotel is you know appropriate, being that we're in uh, Skid Row, uh, in Skid Row Studios and in downtown L.A. Are you wrapping up the show? I'm going to wrap up the show, yeah. Oh, l- l- give me a second to plug something if you can. Oh, yeah, you can plug something. I wasn't going to end up the show without asking you if you wanted to plug something. Well, I've been on shows, <laughs> I've been on shows where people are like, good night. And I'm like, well, can I plug my shit? And no, oh, no, that's no, our no, theme no, music. No, Goodbye. no, 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 no. <laughs> Just, I was, yeah, please, plug your shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would like to invite everyone to join me at Kamikaze this weekend. This coming Saturday at 9 a.m., I will be the host and moderator of the Dark Prophet panel. We're going to be, talk- be talking about this new web series. We're going to be talking about this new video game franchise, this new comic book called Dark Prophet Kamikaze LA Convention Center, 9 a.m. Sal Rodriguez, host moderator. Be there. I know it's early, you, but you geeks can do it. What are you doing? Is this like, uh, like a comic con type thing? Kamikaze is the LA answer to Comic-Con, and it is started by Stan Lee, Mr. Marvel himself. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. And, and, and you're doing hosting gigs. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be hosting and moderating a panel for a new upcoming uh, license called Dark Prophet. Got it. So be sure to be there. Got mm. it. You do a lot of that. You do a lot of hosting and... Uh, I'm, and a, I'm, I'm, I'm hosty. Yeah. I'm hosty. Yeah. And toast. Yeah, and you, what are you, what are you doing, uh, Mike? Nothing. You coming over to my house, <laughs> hanging out and shit? Yeah, I'm just a retired. You're retired. You're a retired, you're a retired yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. Wait, do you get a pension and all that? Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Well, Mike, Mike used to work I for the. I want a pension. I don't want to do shit. Mark, Mike used to work for the Glendale Department of Power. Wow. Yeah. How yeah. many years? Yeah, them white folks ain't got good sense. Wow. So Thirty-one you, you, years. Thirty-one years, and you got a pension? Yeah. That's awesome. He's yeah. living large. That's living awesome. Large. I'm so you know what? My mom tries to give me applications to the state. She's like, here, I, here's an application for the state office. I'm like, yeah, mom, I don't want to see that. You know what? I just hit 40. I'm about to t- start turning in some applications. You just hit 40? You just yep. hit uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm turning in some applications to the state, to the federal office. I want to be a city employee. I want a pension. I want benefits. I want security in my senior years. <laughs> With that said... <laughs> Pick the fuck up to all you people who have a job. (laughs) Pick the fuck up to all you people to aspire to do something with your life and not throw other people off of cliffs. Pick up to all you motherfuckers that don't drink the shitty water and have your own purification system at home. Pick up to all you motherfuckers that punch each other out on Halloween and hit each other with socks like we used to when we were kids. Socks filled with flour and, and, and throw eggs at each other. Pick up for motherfuckers to keep shit raw. This is Nestorius, and you're listening to Nestorius Public Radio for the last, I don't know how long. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. You hit us up on Facebook. And go to iTunes, man, and subscribe. Tell two people. Let them tell two more people. You know what I'm saying? We out! Talking shit, so y'all gotta like, you know, encourage me to hold my lawn. Ow. I ain't doing nothing but talking shit, so y'all gotta like, you know.